<laughs> Hello, and uh, welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Uh, folks, we're going to be talking about a uh, classic, um, super fantastic movie, one of Seth's top 10. Oh, strong words there. <laughs> strong words there, folks. I was going to say, those are some strong word choices for this movie, Bill. <laughs> I didn't say top 10 what? I just said what it says, top 10 movies. All right. Be, okay. We're going to be... And you're saying, like, nah. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about that in just a few minutes. But first, this. Welcome, sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. And hello there again. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Chris. And uh, the movie we're going to be talking about today was kind of prompted by the release of a trailer for the new movie coming out, uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie starring uh, Chris Pine. And um, so um, uh, Seth and Linda and I decided it warranted a watch <laughs> of uh let's see when did they come out in 2000 the original dungeons yeah. and Dragons movie mm -hmm. and um uh we <clears throat> we subjected ourselves to that for you the audience we we <laughs> we took one for the team and so we're going to be talking about that and again it's one of seth's top 10 it, would it be fair uh, to say hated I was, or disliked movies i was about to say to be fair to bill I have seen this movie previously and had recommended it to the podcast. So this is my fault. <laughs> I subjected them to this. That is what I will take blame for. Bill, no putting words in my mouth about this being a top eight, 10 anything. <laughs> bottom 10, you can definitely locate it at the bottom of whatever barrel you're putting it in, but we're at the top. I, so, and I'll, I'll jump in here real quick to say that, you know, the the film wasn't great. And to put some I didn't bother rewatching it for this podcast, by the way. So <laughs> I, I remember most of what I didn't like, and I don't remember anything that I did like. And to put some perspective on that, you know, this film came out in 2000. And short of a <clears throat> sequel, I didn't even know that existed. It hasn't been touched in 22 years, you know, so... Make that of you know what you will. Nobody wanted to touch Dungeons and Dragons really after this movie, right? Well, and uh, other than um, who was the uh, who was the evil wizard? Uh, the actor's name Jeremy uh, Irons. Jeremy yeah. Irons. Yeah. Other than him, um, who? Oh well, no, there was a short 
Tom Baker. Bit part right. in there with Tom Baker from uh, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Other than uh, those two, were there, and, and I mean, they were already kind of established actors, right? So um, other than those two, the younger actors that were in it, um, I don't recall having seen them in anything else. Do you? Not anything notable, like Justin Whalen. Like, I, I know him as an actor, but no, not really. Well, um, and and we were we were curious as we were watching because there's a, a young actress that plays the empress of, I think it's Illyria or whatever Ismir. the... Izmir, sorry, Izmir. Um, she's the empress of Izmir, and um, she seemed like a pretty decent actress or actor. Uh, Thora uh, Birch. Yeah, Thora Birch in, in the show, and uh, I'm like, well, I wonder why. I wonder what else she was in that you know, because I don't recall ever having heard of her before. And uh, so, <laughs> a few Google searches later, and we find out that um, apparently, apparently, she was um, in an off-Broadway revival of uh, Dracula, or was scheduled to be in an off-Broadway revival of Dracula. Um, Shortly after that, uh, sometime around 2010, and um, her her father, who um, and this is according to ABC News, um, uh, her father was a former porn star. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, got her fired from it because he threatened one of the actors who, as part of the show, uh, was giving his daughter a back rub. A back <laughs> and he went insane and it said um yeah uh in what could be a case of fatherly love gone too far thora birch had her stage dreams dashed after she was axed from an off-broadway revival of dracula a few weeks before its january 5th opening why Ooh. according to paul alexander dracula's director he removed her from the production after her father manager jack birch um threatened another actor um, he said, uh, Jack Birch objected to another actor rubbing Thora Birch's back during a scene when the actor who during they, a scene, even. Yeah. Who they had declined to name, tried to explain that he had been directed to rub Thora Birch's back by the director. Her father said, listen, man, I'm trying to make this easier on you. Don't Ooh. touch her. And, um, they interpreted that as a threat. And as a result, she was removed in the understudy was then. Um, put in that role. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, and the guy says, uh, the director says <clears throat> about her father. So there's uh, Thora Birch. So the director said, have you seen this guy? He looks a bit like Freddy Krueger with sunglasses, which oh. he never t- which he never takes off, by the way. So you've got this dude who looks like a bodybuilder standing there on stage saying, I'm trying to make this easy on you. How else do you interpret that but a threat? <laughs> right? And yeah, I can see that. So, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was kind of interesting. So, you know, you never know when you see these actors in a show what the future is. And you run into some bar- bizarre stuff when you start doing searches on that kind of thing. But Seth, maybe you want to um, jump into this here and just kind of give us a high level synopsis of the uh, the movie. And then we can kind of comment as you go through. A synopsis of the movie. Okay, uh, I'm. 
I don't think anyone needs a spoiler warning for this. I can't. If you haven't seen it, it's not. I don't know if it'll improve your life to go see it. Uh, so, <laughs> spoiler it's the, warning: it's from if you 2000. Want the first experience of watching Dungeons and Dragons 2000 for yourself. Turn or maybe skip a while ahead. I don't know. Uh, so we start off in the fantasy world of or fantasy king empire of Izmir, at in a dark and scary dungeon where robed figures are doing weird magic things. To looks like you're there charging some sort of scepter. And then Jeremy Irons comes in, uh, chewing the scenery the whole time. Gruden uh, grabs this scepter they're charging, and he tries to use it to control a dragon, and he fails. So that's how we open up. Nothing was good. We get some bad CGI just right out the gate. Uh, yeah, and that Jer- I don't know if Jeremy Irons. Uh, didn't give a shit for this movie or had a fantastic time. I think he had a fantastic time. I think yeah. I think he loves roles like these regardless of how well the script is run. I, I think he thoroughly enjoys these types of roles. Uh, yeah, he was, he, he was just over the top at 120% all the time. And I guess what made it really weird was just the mediocre mix. Yeah, that face <laughs> right there. No human being makes that face. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of his energy level for the whole show. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think he probably had more fun on set than anyone else. And yeah, that probably no pissed everyone else off. If they would have <laughs> handed him a baby for this role and said, look, the audience isn't going to buy your eat really evil unless you eat this baby. Just like <laughs> right now, he probably would have just started. Yeah, right. It was he was fun, I will say, but in a cringe way. Anyway, on with the plot. He's Profion, some person in some sort of noble mage in the Empire of Izmir, where mages rule and the commoners drool and all of the imperial senate uh never wants this to change but the young uh the young childlike empress does want it to change and she's gonna make it happen because she's got a rod that controls dragons which is what Provion is after he wants a rod of his own to control dragons or he wants to get her rod so that he can take over and rule the Mage Empire. And down in the commoner area, we have uh, Ridley Free Ridley Freeborn, which I will admit is a very D and D name. Like he, that's your first yeah. character, right? He, right. Fighter Ridley Freeborn. <laughs> in which case, this is actually the would have been the Rogue Ridley Freeborn, but. And his friend Snails, who's Snails, who's in Ridley Freeborn and Snails, who's in the middle. Uh, <laughs> Ridley is a, a decide, uh, in the wake of an accident over at the magical ca- in the magic castle. 
Ridley decides now is the perfect time for them to go and steal from or steal from the Magic Academy because there won't be any guards. So they go and do that, and oh. they get wrapped up in a quest with uh, the mage who's the girl in the picture there. And, and, and I will jump in here and talk about the mage who is the only mage I've ever seen that just never does magic. Yeah. <laughs> she casts three spells. Two of them are targeted at the good guys in the beginning. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, all these disasters are happening. The horrible things are happening to the entire party. And all she kind of does is run around and scream. She just doesn't. <laughs> she's a magic caster that doesn't cast magic. It's like she belongs on the island of misfit D&D players. I, I mean, most <laughs> of the mages were like that. And I'm pretty sure it's because they didn't have the special effects budget to do many spells. That could be. Because if you remember in the final fight, uh, or in the final battle, or uh, when he's fighting, or Jeremy Irons is fighting Ridley, uh, Ridley attacks him with a sword, and he summons his magic staff and just, like, bats aside the sword for a few seconds, and then knocks the sword out of his hands, and then he throws away the staff. Yeah, right. <laughs> Because God forbid we would have to generate some special effects from the use of that staff. And there, there were like, there was only one offensive spell that was ever cast in any of the fights, and it's that lightning spell. Like that's the <laughs> only thing these guys would use. It's like their magic taser spell. There was a scene where they shoot fireballs at dragons, but they all miss. These yeah. things just suck. Why are they in charge? What I what I don't get is why there was such a lack of budget where they couldn't make any kind of special effects happen. I mean, this is the year two thousand. You know, not, know. not not breakneck. This is, this is well tech, after nineteen seventy six Star Wars came out. Well, so so why why was it so expensive? Like like why couldn't you have any kind of budget to do it? We've already had you know some movies that were almost purely CGI CGI like uh, Dragon Heart was a few years before that. Yeah, and and that did well. Uh, you you have a lot of movies involving dragons, kind of in the '90s, and then you had Dungeons and Dragons, which was supposed to be maybe the pinnacle. They made it all about dragons, and then they did really nothing with the film. And it just it pisses me off that it just kind of it, it put that genre, in my opinion, in this kind of slump. It was just mm -hmm. like, all right, we we've hit we've hit yeah. peak already. There's no point. It's all garbage from here on out. I kind of so, got the impression that the the whole point of the film, they were trying to capitalize on the notoriety of Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. put as little into the movie as possible so that they could take as much out of the box office as a profit as they could. And which is uh, unfortunate because they, yeah. they could have done so much so much more. Yeah, well, there's uh Blue Lips. Um <laughs> what's his name? Dago Dagobah Dagomir. No, Planet. Dago Dagobah. <laughs> yeah, and he's got some sort of snake creatures in his ears, um, which which Jeremy Irons put there uh, because he failed him early on in the show. So as a punishment, he gave him these snake ears things, <laughs> which he can then use to attach to someone else's ears and suck out their thoughts, which actually... Um, uh, have some physicality to them because we see them pulsing down the snake-like um, 
tendrils there into uh, into uh, this guy's head, like he's sucking the physical manifestation of her thoughts out of her brain. That was kind of strange. I could so, see electrical energy, but a, a, a physical bulge going through the pipe representing weird. her thoughts was would not be something I would expect. Yeah. So uh, we, you saw the you pointed out the things in his ears. Yeah. And as the movie goes along, like his ears keep getting redder, and like at first it just looks like they're infected, and that's bad and painful. Mm -hmm. But and. But they, instead of adding different effects to make them look worse, they just keep making them redder and redder and redder until it looks like some at the beginning of every scene, someone just came by with a can of red spray paint and went... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't look... Like, at first it looked pretty believable, but then they were just like, I don't know how to make this look worse make it redder redder and redder and redder mm -hmm. but yeah the the plot basically revolves around uh the the mage senate wants the the innocent empress to give her give them her dragon controlling scepter which they can apparently vote to do and uh, so she thinks, okay, I can follow the law and give them my dragon-controlling scepter if I just had this other dragon-controlling scepter, and that's what these guys are going to go and find, is this red red dragon-controlling scepter to counter the other dragon-controlling scepter so that she can stay in power and bring the commoners and the make the mages and the commoners equal. Couldn't the uh, couldn't the mage senate have just asked for the other scepter as well? Then you would think <laughs> that this movie is made of plot holes. Yeah, but well, yeah, what was so... your what was your favorite scene, Seth? Oh, when snails died. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would easily say he was the uh, the most irritating character in the movie. He wouldn't shut up. Well, and, and I think that was part of the thing is they were like, well, let's just put in a, a comedian that, that's kind of hot right now and just interject yeah. him into the movie with exactly. real, really no point other than, hey, I just want you to ad lib and fill in some gaps here where our script is lacking and just say some shit, you know? Yeah. And and Seth had a good point last night as we we're watching it. He goes, "This guy's character sheet had to be all eights. <laughs> <laughs> I just about made Chris spit there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, Chris. In that I was just thinking, I was just thinking right before you said that that like this is not a movie that Marlon Wayans belongs in, right? Because they were taking themselves very very seriously, right." Right. It and wasn't like in uh, the Fifth Element where things were already a little bit cheesy, but like the yeah. heroes here were like, gotta take ourselves really, really seriously. Even while Jeremy Irons is over there just like gnawing on a baby leg because they told him to be more evil. <laughs> it was like somehow they mismatched the tone <laughs> so badly. Yeah. So but there's a there's a scene kind of in the first. 
hour or so in the movie, I remember, where they're in a market or something, and they're talking with this purple-headed dude. Oh the, yeah, Cyclops. Yeah, that was oh yeah weird. Um, <laughs> the acting yeah, choice for that was very strong, very bold acting choice. Yeah, so there, there's there's weird scenes in there where they had stuff trying to get you more to, to see that this is kind of an interesting world, but it it all kind of fell flat on its face. I didn't I didn't enjoy most of it. Well, like a lot, so Any Dungeons and Dragons wasn't really popular in the late 90s like it was you know kind of underground nerd popular but it it didn't have the no it had notoriety from the the satanic panic in the 80s where kids might have remembered it being oh it's a pack game it's devils and real magic uh but Yeah. So this wasn't a property. I don't think they felt they had to treat with much respect. (laughs) And Wizards of the Coast might not have, or I don't know, even know if uh, Wizards of the Coast would have taken it yet. Uh, But yeah, it wasn't a hot property that had to be well managed. So (laughs) I think it's right. This was a cash grab. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to point out that it that it's, it was likely a cash grab, and it was a project that deserved someone who actually was more involved into it, or or maybe who had from ever world played life. a game before, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and so I feel like you know, oh, this this is easy. You know, there's so many dragon movies that have been out. You know, we'll just throw into this fantasy world. You want some, you know, elves, some magic. We'll get Jeremy Irons to play an evil sorcerer, and we'll call that good, you know. And 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 it was just kind of garbage. It deserves someone who actually kind of respected it a little bit to to take care of the film. And you know what? It and maybe maybe there was maybe this was all just pure amateurish, you know. Somebody just out there like, hey, I got a couple of mil, let's do this, and didn't do it any justice. So I kind of think that's what it was. Like whoever wrote this didn't care much about. The Dungeons and Dragon, Dungeons and Dragons, I mean, the system, the setting, anything. Yeah. And, oh, yeah no. One of the ways I know is because <laughs> uh, in one of the that breastplate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that that is one thousand <laughs> percent uh, a breastplate that uh, a DM would have given a character <laughs> around this time and been like, and been like, yeah, it's plus five and gives you dex and me. And a bonus to charisma. <laughs> so, for listeners, uh, the there's a character, an elf ranger, whose name I cannot remember, and it did not matter. Uh, exactly. But she, uh, she, the elf ranger tracker was the hot character in the movie. Uh, and they gave her... A breastplate. Kristen it, Wilson played it is Morda. A, yeah, it is a breastplate in every sense of the word, but it's I think it's more like a torso plate because it's like no. made to conform perfectly to you know idealized female standards. There's even a little line. So this armor hat yeah. is boob armor and with nipples. <laughs> they boob armor with nipples. nipples. <laughs> and then it's crafted to like basically look like a naked female torso, and it's just like no, that's that is D and D cringe right there. 
Yes. But I don't feel like they did that as a reference to anything. They were just like, yeah, we, we're going to get some faux nudity in here and make the boys happy. <laughs> and to be clear, if that was a full plate, like it offers no flexibility whatsoever. No. No. Right. Like it's just, it's completely worthless armor. Like a so. sword could get caught in that belly button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the sword would just get caught in the belly button, and if you pushed hard, it would just go right through that. That's uh, no one would design armor like this. No, ever anywhere. The chainmail bikini is actually better armor than this. Oh, funny! But it, but it is, it is uh, an intention getter. It, yes, something that someone who wants to be stealthy and track people wouldn't want right and and we can also say that for um a, a, an, an elf that's supposed to have great perception and and you know the stealth and and all that kind of stuff she was constantly surprised when the enemy army would show up out of nowhere <laughs> out of nowhere they would just show up and it'd be like oh my god where'd these guys come from i you know this yeah they do that to everyone they like surprise the thieves guild in their own home just like hi we were here and you didn't notice us it's a surprise to everyone ha 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 yeah they just walk in right into the right into the center of the thieves den like they had no lookouts they could see these guys coming it's like what 20 guys in in armor with swords Mm -hmm. and yep yeah There, there's one point in the movie. Oh yeah, right here. The, uh, this is how I know that they, that whoever <laughs> wrote this, like skimmed a D and D manual and didn't think anything else of it, because they like have a beholder here. And if you've ever run into a beholder in D and D, you know you're about to crap your pants, right. because that's bad news they're the one of the scariest monsters in dd that isn't a an epic level thing right and this uh, one this one was kind of employed as a guard dog essentially yeah it was an easily fooled guard dog he threw <laughs> a stone and distracted the beholder <laughs> i mean i thought i was watching the back of its head yeah, I thought I was watching Big Trouble in Little China there, you know, because they have the same <laughs> little uh, eye guy running around in that in that film, uh, and I think that looked better. And that was 1986, so yeah. But cringe on yeah, the graphics, so that, guys. That's all I know. Whoever wrote the script didn't know jack about D and D, right? Uh, but now, on a positive note, the trailer for the new D and D. Uh, ah, yeah. is out right so uh uh dungeons and dragons honor among thieves it's got chris pine as one of the characters in it um and uh, uh a few of the actors i can't think of their names right now but they're, they're i've seen them in other stuff they're they're good actors um and the the um, trailer for it looks really awesome so i think we're finally going to be getting a Dungeons and Dragons movie um, that's going to be worthy. Um, and 
hopefully uh, very popular that people will like it and get out there and see it and uh, maybe even make the game more popular for folks. Maybe people who haven't gotten into it before might, might take some interest now. What do you think? I think if they realize it is a game they can play, because uh, it looks like they're it is a, for me it's a little disappointing in that they're going straight uh, fantasy movie kind of thing as opposed to uh something more meta like uh kind of like a uh uh princess bride type movie where we okay. the movie is the players around the table and then the characters <clears throat> are doing what they say kind of Kind of like Princess yeah. Bride or Jumanji kind of thing. Yep. Like I think that would, uh, I, I think that would have made for a really good and a better D and D adaptation. But it looks like we're going to get a solid fantasy movie. Yeah. With yeah, a I, lot of I, I agree with you on that. I would, I would like to see some kind of adaptation where we have the the drama built up a lot, like what they did in the in the last season of. Um, uh, Stranger Things, where mm-hmm. uh, you know they they had a a uh, parallel to the the kids playing the game and things going on in real life and the suspense built around this is the role you need to make a critical role uh, to to destroy the god and then you have the or whatever they're fighting and I I agree with Seth it'd be kind of cool to see an approach like that to it and, and maybe we could still get one in the future I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got a few people here. Let me grab the cast members' names because there's a lot of them. Uh, Chris Pine was mentioned, Michelle Rodriguez, Reggae Jean Page, Justice Smith, uh, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant. Uh, I think he plays the evil sorcerer in this. Um, yeah, he looks like he's having fun. Yeah, <laughs> and a few few other uh, uh, actors as well, some less known, but uh, definitely... Um, some good talent in here, I think. So um, it should be pretty good, I think. I'm excited for it because uh, it does look like they didn't waste money on uh, special effects. Right, right. When's that come out? Is it? I thought it was like November. Is that right? 2023. Oh, okay. Next year. I must be thinking of something else. All right. Well, cool. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, any last thoughts? We're at our 30-minute mark here. We'll probably just uh, start wrapping it up. Any last thoughts? Uh, would you, uh, Seth, recommend people watch uh, the uh, original Dungeons & Dragons movie? Not not unless you you know you know what you're getting into. This is, uh, this is a bad movie. Yeah. Watch it not... with alcohol and uh, with uh, no an intent to make fun of it. Uh, yeah, if you're gonna MST3K a movie, this is a good one to MST3K. Yeah, there's not much redeeming in it aside from hey, it's a, it, it's on. This, <laughs> this was definitely their okayest attempt at a movie. Uh, and, Chris, what'd you think? So for me, uh, total garbage. Um, yeah. I can give you some alternatives. You know, I said earlier, I think Knights of Badassdom was a better movie. I think uh, Your Highness uh, with James Franco was a better movie. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of other seemingly, you know, B movies out there, maybe even C that are even better than Dungeons and Dragons, and are still kind of get you that that fantasy effect of some kind of adventure and, and magic involved and all that kind of stuff. So uh, find something else. Yeah, all right, like, but go Linda? see the new one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Linda, On the what bad is- movie scale. Like, this is 
under the core. All <laughs> <laughs> right, the core is like a movie, movie I like because of its badness. It's bad in a way that makes me happy. Dungeons and Dragons is bad in a way that didn't really make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Linda, what were your thoughts? I uh, I thought it was worth it just to watch Jeremy Irons overact. <laughs> he's, he's the only reason to watch. Okay, fairness. Yeah. He's the only reason yeah. to watch the movie. Yeah, right. the only if one that's wanna... alive in the movie. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> if you want to see Jeremy Irons having an absolutely wonderful time just chewing on the scenery, then yeah. right. that's it. Better Possibly... than uh, better than him in uh, uh, the Die Hard Two movie. Oh, so, like. Like he's he's really good in this. All right. That, no, he was Die Hard three. I thought Die Hard three, whichever one. Why <laughs> the Die Hard? With eventually, yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. My bad. Two was the airport. Right. All right. Well, um, yeah, I uh, agree with everything all three of you said on that. So, uh, yeah. So you know, if you're uh, if you're really bored on a Saturday night and you want something that's going to make you laugh. And uh, maybe you've got some spare booze that you want to get rid of, or <laughs> and, and it's on TV, and you're just too drunk to pick up the remote to turn it away. I will um, add, you can find it on YouTube. Just do a search. Or, or Seth, do you think it would be better with edibles? I Why mean, are you asking? Experiment yet to be tested. <laughs> Why would you ask that? We should have a separate segment. Is it better with edibles? Oh, you know, Chris, I like that. I like that. All right. That does sound fun. Uh, I'm I'm game. All right. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we hope uh, if you uh, feel up to it, you'll check, check out the uh, original Dungeons & Dragons and let us know what you think about it if you agree with our assessment. And uh, tune into the show next time. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. I think uh, we're going to possibly have Mark. Um, no, no, he can't make sorry. it. Well, he can't make it, but we're going to be talking about Magic the Gathering. We've got some uh, some information on that. And uh, so tune in, check it out, find out what's going on. We will catch you all next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>